Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slaps it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re-elect! Graham Zussi! Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Presented by Michelob Ultra. Enjoy a Michelob Ultra today. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And by Casey's own CBD American Shaman. Score yourself free samples of great all-natural CBD products at a CBD American Shaman near you. CBD American Shaman. Everything is better with the feather. What is up, sporting fans? Welcome to this week's edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for all things SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810, WHB. Allie Trost-Martin joined, as always, by Nate Bucati. Nate, how's it going? Oh, it's it's going, Allie. It's, you know, it's it's a rough time right now yeah. as a Sporting Kansas City fan, but uh, I'm hoping this is just a season. It's like a long, cold, lonely winter type thing, and uh, pretty soon it's going to turn around. Yep, 0-5-3 now, still winless on the season. A tough 3-0 loss on the road to the San Jose Earthquakes. A fall early in that game, conceding in the ninth minute, and then uh, really things kind of got hairy right before the half. Robert Castellanos left the game with a red card, uh, and on that foul, Jeremy Abobasi given a penalty and converts, sporting down 2-0, 51st minute. Earthquakes put up another one, and uh, that was all she wrote. Sporting had some chances in the game, especially after that third goal when the Earthquakes kind of took their foot off the gas, but nothing to come of it and and no goals, which has, you know, been a a difficult difficult thing to come by this season for Sporting Kansas City as they try to put things together um, and, and just find that first win and hope to, to see some momentum roll from there. Yeah, I, we, we talked about it last week going into the game. I told you I, I had done the San Jose game the week before the the game that ended up with the with the unfortunate incident or the more than un- unfortunate incident against the New York Red Bulls and that I thought it was going to be a really tough game for Sporting Kansas City because the San Jose team that I saw twice already this year looked like a good team to me, a dangerous team, and now all of a sudden a team that's incredibly galvanized behind you know this uh, this incident of racial abuse that uh, yeah. that they suffered in the game against New York, and so I thought you're going to face a team that's fired up, that's together and good, and then you get a red card. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's like that is just the recipe for a tough game. And then honestly, the rest of the way you're just trying to hold on, and and I, I don't know what else you can really pull out of the game from that standpoint. So. Um, Man, I was coaching. I was in town. This was this past weekend. I was off. I didn't have a game in MLS, which was nice. So instead, I spent uh, the weekend going to seven different youth <laughs> soccer games because my daughter and son each had tournaments, and then my three-year-old had the little bitty soccer where oh, he. Oh, how uh, did that go? Well, he played with a tractor for seventy-five percent of the time in a puddle near the field. <laughs> I did get him to run around and kick a ball for about five minutes. Um, but when the but that was about it. But hey, you know that's three year old soccer. <laughs> yes. So you know what are you gonna do? But um, by by the time I was I was leaving my daughter's soccer game, it was it was it had just gone to halftime, and I turned on the radio to listen to you guys and heard the recap, and I just thought, oh man, um, I really thought Sporting would have a chance to maybe get something out of the game if they played a really good game, and obviously the red card changed all that. So it's back to the drawing board again, and now another tough game coming up. Yeah, and, and that was. That was the thing, right? Coming out of that Colorado game, you knew that you had two tough 
road opponents in the Earthquakes, who I thought, you know, like you had mentioned, Nate, coming into that game galvanized after what happened and, and maybe gave that group that little extra bit that they were missing to really kind of put some more of those pieces together, particularly in the attack. I thought they looked very dangerous um, against sporting going forward. And Kate Cowell had a great game. Kristen Espinoza is, uh, you know, every bit is advertised Jeremy Abobasi with a brace. So, you know, it was, it was an already um, dangerous team that came into that game playing even a little bit more inspired. And, and now I'm curious to see how uh, the earthquakes continue just because I, I think what I saw in that game, they, are absolutely um, one of one of the teams in the league that I, I think will continue to to be successful and be competitive. But now Sporting Kansas City go on the road this weekend against the New England Revolution, who are sitting at the top of the Eastern Conference. They have not lost a game at home uh, so far in 2023. But after that game this weekend, Sporting Kansas City, I think, have a really good chance with two back-to-back home games. Uh, the first one on Tuesday night against Tulsa Athletic in uh, their first game of the U.S. Open Cup, and then the following weekend against CF Montreal, who have also had uh, a tough start to the season as well. So it's it's going to be a tough week with uh, some some congestion. But I asked manager Peter Vermees this week, you know, as you're starting to get players back into the mix and you have, you know, these three games in a short amount of time, is it almost a benefit to the team to have? Um, these opportunities and, and he did note that especially for players coming back it's not likely he said that we see Gotti Kinda this weekend just given that um, the field at Gillette is turf and he hasn't had a chance to you know check into a game yet this season but I think it's very likely that in one of those two home games we do see Gotti Kinda and Logan and Denbe made the match day roster for the first time last weekend he's been a full participant in training and really now it's just two guys Tim Leibold and Caden Pierre with the exception of Courtney Ford of, of course who's out for the remainder of the season with that Achilles injury those are really the only two guys who have not been participating in training so you have for the most part a lot of those pieces that we have you know been anticipating and hearing about making their returns and, and getting into what's hopefully going to be full game fitness sooner rather than later and uh Gotti Kinda Alan Polito looked good in training today very competitive and I, and I'm just I'm curious to see what this team looks like when they do get Gotti back in the midfield and, and how that changes things maybe slotting Eric Tommy over to uh to a more eight type box to box role and letting Gotti um you know resume that 10 role yeah it seems like they're gonna have some decisions to make in the midfield once everybody is back with Rodoya yeah and Rodoya was also a full participant yeah. in training uh this week which is a good thing to see just because he's been kind of in and out of the lineup yeah because Remy Voltaire to me like okay well where does he fit into yeah. all that and I think he's been one of the most consistent players if not the most consistent players for sporting during this rough season in a third or whatever we are right now season and a fourth in, into this season um so yeah I think it's going to be interesting to see they have decisions to make yeah um in the midfield and, and hopefully that competition I don't I just I don't think the effort's an issue I, not, I don't like yeah. I don't I don't feel like the team is going out there and not playing hard I just think they're stuck in a rut I mean that's just how I feel about it I'm not seeing the team full of guys that are you know cashing it in or pouting or anything like that I just think maybe they're lacking in some confidence if anything else but maybe that, that competition gives you some more options. Maybe you can tinker with some things and, and figure it out. Because right now, they just they kind of feel like they don't have the answers. Yeah. I think they're I – th- I just get the sense that the team is as baffled as I am by how much of a struggle it's been so far this year to score goals especially. Yeah, and Daniel Shallow even said 
you know, when we talked with him today as much that, hey, nobody's more frustrated than we are right now. And, you know, he he said, you know, he was asked, you know, what what's your message to the fans? We heard Graham Zussi's answer to that last week. And he was just like, look, we need to stick together like we lean on each other uh, when things aren't going well. And, and they're searching for those answers right now. But Shally was asked, you know, when things aren't going your way, when when the goals aren't coming, does it sometimes lead to some overthinking in the game and on the field that keeps you uh, from playing a bit more freely? And here's what he had to say. Yeah, it's hard, uh, obviously, because, um, you know, it's, um, it's in your head that what your record is and uh, what could happen if, if, if you don't win this weekend or something. But, but at the same time, uh, I know once you can turn it around, we saw it last year too when we turned it around, then, and you almost like catch on fire and then you can have a run at it. Uh, so I just think it's, uh, it's a matter of time. It's going to come for us, but uh, it just has to come sooner than later. What do you say to fans to keep them engaged so they don't give up too? Yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're all in this together. Um, it's, we appreciate the support uh, every single day, every single game. Uh, we, even though it doesn't, doesn't seem like it because we're disappointed after a game, we are very, very thankful for fans who show up and support us. Um, but as you know, as we always say, we're in this together. They are with us when we win. They're with us when we lose. Um, we can get out of this all together, and uh, we need every support we can get. We're going to give our best on the field, and uh, and we love when they keep showing up because uh, that's going to help us. They're going to help us turn it around. I was curious about that moment in the match against San Jose where you're taken down in the box, and then. They don't call it a penalty, but almost immediately after, they give you the same thing outside the box. Is there just frustration and the, the consistency of those moments and that evaluating what is actually a foul in those moments? Yeah, but, you know, when you lose, you can't complain, so I don't really want to talk about it. I was just going to say, New England this weekend, just early assessment of, of them as a group. Uh, they've kind of come out and had a, a strong start to the season, and I know it Playing on the road is always tough in Major League Soccer. Yeah, it's a look. It's a great team, and uh, you know they they've been doing well. And you you look at the quality of players they have, and uh, you know you're gonna have a tough game, especially on that uh, environment. But look, um, <laughs> based on our position in the team, I mean in the table, every team is difficult now. You just have to turn it around, and uh, at one point it's gonna turn. So you know, it's, hopefully it's New England. So, yeah, there's shallowy things like your record, where you're at. If you don't get this win, all of those thoughts start to creep in. But also said, too, that, you know, look, you just have to you just have to keep persevering and looking for those answers. And like you said, Nate, the effort has been there. This isn't a team that has looked uh, to be in any way um, thinking that they're that they're out of this thing. Like there, there is still that belief within the group that they can turn things around and come back. They they proved that to themselves last year, even though. Um, you know, falling short of, of making the playoffs, which is always the goal. Um, I think that's just the reality of the situation now. And, and when you are up against that that ticking clock that is, uh, you know, getting louder and louder, I think it just kind of creates some of that anxiety. But the answers, Vermees believes this, the players believe this, are within the group. But it's just a matter of what unlocks that. And uh, maybe, a, maybe a week where you – 
you go and play against a semi-professional team in Tulsa Athletic, you would hope would provide some uh, some opportunity to find some confidence around goal. But then again, anything can happen in these competitions. Yeah, those guys are going to be hungry and and looking to make their mark anytime you play against a team from another another division. We know that, but Sporting should be able to go out and have some success in that situation. If you want to, if you want to stay positive here. Um, to me, like you look at the fact that this team is five points below the playoff line. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and yes, they're at the bottom. They're they're buried down there with LAFC or LA Galaxy is the only other team without a win. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it like it's a good start to the season, but you know, in this format with nine teams making it to the playoffs, and you don't have to be the best team going in, you know, for the balance of the season to be able to make a run in the playoffs. You have to be playing good soccer at the right time, and, you know, you string together a couple of wins, and all of a sudden you're really close to the playoff line, and now the rest of the season you find yourself in a race and you find something to play for. So to me, you know, it's, it's not all lost. And, you know, when I hear Daniel talk about that stuff, may, maybe it's the gray hair on my head and the guy that's in his, in his I don't know, I'm going to say how old I am. But, you know, you get tired 32. of hearing. Yeah, exactly. You get tired of hearing cliches, I'm sure, of one game at a time and all that. But, in all honesty, that is why you hear athletes repeat the phrase all the time that you're not going to think about the big picture. You got to focus on the moment. They got to flush everything that's happened before this season, leading up to this season, all the games that have come up to this game against the New England Revolution. They got to go play a game against the Revolution. They just got to focus yeah. on that. They got to set everything else aside because it doesn't do you any good to look big picture. It all it does is hurt. And that's when things are going good too. Cuz then yeah. you can sit there and look and go look at us. We're flying. We're at the top of the table. We got things going. You know, you just got to you just got to take the next game as it comes and and see if this team can put some things together because like I said, if they if they could just put a little streak together, a couple win a couple games, all of a sudden things look a lot different than they are right now. Well, and we saw that last year. You know, it was actually interesting. Tim Ream, center back for the U.S. Men's National Team, um, joined the MLS 360 show over the weekend and was asked a question by you know one of the hosts. What's been working for him? He's he he's what in his you know mid to late thirties and, and having you know one of the best seasons of his career both uh, in England and you know having the success that he did at the World Cup with the men's national team and one of the bright spots of course was the defensive effort and what he said was you know at this point in his career he does a lot less worrying and thinking about the past and the future and it's just truly mm -hmm. living in the present moment and that's why you know it, while it sounds like a cliche just take it game by game all you can control or all you can can worry about in, in the present moment is, is what's happening at that at that given time and for sporting kansas city that's going to be uh, a tough road game against the new england revolution which we'll talk a little bit more about their start to the season uh later on in the show but i, I think that's really the best that the team can do and then Hope that once things do start turning around, it it's uh, it's going to be a, a good string of games and, and enough momentum to carry them further up the table. And that just whether it means anything or not at this point in the season, where you sit in the table has a huge impact, I, I think, on the, on just the group mentality. And so for Sporting Kansas City, sitting at the bottom, just looking to find their way, creeping up the top uh, of the Western Conference table, but with the expanded playoff format. It does give teams uh, a chance if they don't have as great of a start to uh, find their way into uh, into the mix as the season wears on. But. We're
We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be joined by SKC2 head coach Benny Failhopper. They are off to a great start in the MLS Next Pro season this year, year two uh, for Benny Failhopper at the helm, 2-1-1. One, one. He joins us to talk about their recent 4-0 win and a whole lot more as uh, we continue things here on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for all things SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810, WHB. We will be back after this. And welcome back to this week's Sporting Kansas City Show. Joining us now is head coach of SKC2, Benny Failhaber, coming off of a big win this weekend. We'll talk about that and a lot more. But first, Benny, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Allie. Thank you uh, for taking the time to come on and uh, join us. I, I first want to start before we get into you know the start of the season, just uh, for you and, and your coaching staff, year one to year two, how is – How's that been, and, and what have uh, maybe been some of the takeaways now as you enter year two compared to, you know, getting this whole thing started last year? Well, first thing was that um, the amount of preparation that went into year two was, was completely different. Um, we Obviously, me and I took over the, the second team last year in January, and so we didn't have much time to, to get a roster together, and so we – literally held, you know, open tryouts uh, for the first couple weeks of preseason where um, we had a lot of guys come in and we were just trying to, you know, figure out what the roster would look like and try and be semi-competitive in that, in that first season. And I think, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, we, we were able to do some of that and be competitive. I think uh, we, we ended up with an okay uh, record, but it, it wasn't the style of, of team that we wanted to have and, and, and the, the way we were playing didn't match much of, of how the first team was trying to play. So um, we wanted to make sure we, we went into the second year and, and did everything that we needed to do in the offseason to prepare the roster and get the right guys in here that we felt had the ability to not only compete at the MLS Next Pro level, but also guys that we felt had uh, potential to get to the first team. So I think not, and it wasn't just, you know, the second team staff. It was a, it was a collaboration with the first team staff, um, with, with our scouts, uh, with our technical director. And so um, everybody played a really big part. And, and I think that the roster is, is much, much stronger than it was in, in year one. So that's been night and day. And, and obviously as a coach, it's much easier to work with, with players that are able to do different things. And, and um, you know, they're, they're, they're fast learners, they're intelligent, they're, they're fit. And um, it's been a really good experience so far in the beginning of this season. So take us into some of what that process looks like, getting guys who fit that system. For anyone listening who doesn't know, you know, a, a primary function of SKC2 is to help develop some of these players to eventually, you know, be fit and, and ready for the, for the first team and, and to make that transition. So, you know, what are, what are some of the key things that you all were looking for and, and what are some elements of this current squad from a tactical perspective that, that you're really pleased with compared to, you know, maybe where you guys started? Yeah, it's all, um, you know, a balancing act. You know, first you, you have to take into consideration the guys that are on guaranteed contracts and coming back to the second team, um, guys that you want to try and pick up options and, and bring back because they had a good season last year. You have to take into consideration the guys that are coming through the academy that might have the ability to play some minutes for the second team uh, in the upcoming year. And then guys on the first team as well that are on the backside of that roster that might not play as many games with the first team and need to get some minutes with the second team. So, First, balancing that all out, realizing where you need to improve, where you need to bring new players, um, and then trying to find guys that, that fit the system. First and foremost, the, the mentality of 
our organization is, where it's team first, um, uh, work ethic, uh, you know, all the pillars uh, that, that make this organization what it is. We want to find players with the right uh, personalities and then obviously the right uh, abilities on the field. And so, you know, I think, I think we've done that uh, at a really high level. Obviously, you're not going to hit on every single player, but I think we, we did a really good job and there's some guys that are, you know, proving that so far this season. We're visiting with Benny Failhaber, and uh, and obviously the season's off to a really good start, too. But before we get into the specifics of this season, I, I wanted to ask you, Benny, about you, you mentioned part of the challenge with your position is when first-team loanees come down to you and they need to get minutes, they've got to play, but maybe you haven't had a chance to train with those guys every single day through the course of the week. And the things that you're working on, and, and, and you already talked about the system being such an important component of what Sporting Kansas City does. How big of a challenge is that? And and when you're trying to put the roster together, how do you account for that? Because maybe I would think you're not going to know exactly how often and when you're going to have guys from the first team sent down to play for you. I mean, that, that's true, Nate, but I think at the same time that's that's the beauty of, of this position. You know, we, we know what the second team is. Um, the players understand that we're very open with them in terms of, look, uh, there's going to be weekends where we get two, three, four guys from the first team that need to get minutes for, for fitness reasons, um, for the ability to, to be in good shape in terms of, uh, being ready uh, to play, whether it be minutes on the back end of a game, starting in a midweek game, playing an open cup game. So we all understand that. Right. And so, um, as much as we do plan, there's there's the inevitable part that you got to, um, you know, kind of realize that unknown punches are going to be thrown at you, and you got to kind of deal with it. And so that that's that's just the life of the second team, and we understand that. And I think we've done a pretty good job in terms of balancing that. We've had, um, I'd say, two games where we got a lot of first team guys. The two home games, two away games that we didn't get as many. Um, but it's about, you know, finding moments for not only the guys that we feel highly about on the first team that need to get minutes, but also finding moments for the guys that we feel highly about on the second team that, that need the experience to, to continue to develop and eventually have their opportunity with the first team as well. Well, and part of that experience is, uh, you know, we'll see some of those guys training with the first team, which we're, uh, we're recording this interview with Benny on a Tuesday, and we saw uh, some SKC tours go all the way to the uh, to the final against uh, Alan Polito, Gotti Kinda, Nemanja Radoya, Remy Voltaire, and, and I forget the the other player that was on that team. Um, but you know, how good of an experience is that, Benny, for those for those guys to get in to those first team trainings and and really compete uh, alongside some of those players? I mean, there's there's not something that you can, uh, you know, put a value on that. It's, it's invaluable to those guys in terms of the experience, um, the confidence that it can give them as well. Um, as young players, I mean, I remember even when I was a young player, confidence plays such a big part. And one of the, one of the biggest things that I learned from uh, not-too-savvy defender and Vincent Company when I played with him was he said to me, don't ever underestimate your potential. And no one really knows how good they are, right? You always – you always can get to another level, and once you get to that other level, then there's another level that you can get to. And so um, don't underestimate yourself, and confidence is such a big thing because some of these kids, they, they don't know what players they can actually become. And playing against Alan Polito and Dottie Kinda, or Remy Voltaire or Nemanja Redoya, those are all experiences that, um, you know, 
like I said, invaluable for their for their uh, the, the, their development. What's some of the feedback that you get from those guys after the, you know, like kind of a debrief? I don't know if you guys have those like after they go in those first team trainings. Like, what are some of the things that you as the as their coach are kind of tasking them with uh, when they go into those training sessions? Um, well, I haven't had an opportunity to talk to those guys. Obviously, that right. training was t- today, this morning. But um, look, I, I mean, I tell them pretty consistently when you guys go there, make sure that you have the attitude that you're trying to impress. You're trying to show that you fit in. You're not there just to be, you know, a, a piece in the puzzle. You're trying to be an important piece, right? A, a, a make make Peter see you, make Z see you, make Carrie see you, um, and 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 that's one of the the starting. Uh, you know, points in, in, in terms of finding uh, in the future first-team contract or first-team opportunity. It's, it's impressing the first-team staff, and I think them being there, that's, that's definitely the, uh, the starting point for that. We're visiting with Benny Failhaber. He's the head coach of SKC2, and part of the reason we, we thought this would be a great time is because of how well they're playing right now. They come off a 4-0 win at Real Monarchs over the weekend and a couple of goals that are up for a goal of the week in MLS Next Pro. And and before we get even into the goals, Benny, um, you mentioned earlier that the most important thing is you know playing the way that Sporting Kansas City want to play, playing the system. You guys go on the road and have 70% of the ball. How close to uh, what you have pictured in your mind as to this is the way we want to play, how close did you get to doing that in this game over the weekend? Very close. And I told those guys, I mean, we've, we've had some good performances within games, but not full performances. And, and I, uh, you know, came in at halftime and they had had a really good first half, but we only led 1-0. And the challenge was, can we play for 90 minutes like this? Because that's how soccer is. It's a 90-minute game, and, and we, we'll need to do that if we're, if we're looking to get the points. And, and this was the first 90-minute performance that we looked like how we want to play. Um, and I'd say that there's still parts of the game that can improve. There's no doubt there always is, right? There is no perfect soccer game or, or perfect player. Um, and so it's, it's about continuously improving. And I, and I think that we're at a good point in terms of playing the style that we want to play as an organization. We're starting to resemble the first team a little bit more um, in terms of how we want to possess out of the back, how we want to press the other team into mistakes. Um, we were very good in those in those areas of the field, and and to me, you know, maybe just because I'm a very attack minded, uh, I was a very attack minded player, and I still am as a coach. I think as much as we won four zero, there were chances that we left on the table. And so, how can we become a more efficient team? How can we turn chances into goals more often? And so, um, that's that's what we're trying to improve on because it's not every game that you're going to have as many chances as you had in the class. But it was a very good. Uh, very good start um, to doing what we want to do as a team, game in and game out. Well, I was going to say 4-0 scoreline. You would think that you guys played a near-perfect uh, game offensively, but uh, not surprised, Betty, to hear you say that there were uh, still some chances on the table. But, I mean, 4-0, two goals up for, uh, for goal of the week. Just what was working offensively? I saw, you know, players getting on the ends of crosses, and it just looked like some really flawless soccer in, in some of those uh, build-up plays to the goals. Right. Um, and like you said, Allie, I think that's, that, that's one of the things that we've been preaching a lot about is how can we create two-on-ones on the outside? How can we get to the end line? Can we get more numbers in the box um, and, and really let the guy that's crossing the ball pick out a pass as opposed to just blindly crossing it in there? And so the, the runs are so important. 
I thought Powell was, was excellent in the runs that he provided. He was making runs inside the six, which is something that we preach to, to get in behind because at that point the defense has to make a decision to go with the nine or open up space um, in behind if, if, if they go with the nine. So, you know, I thought Powell was fantastic. I'm glad that he got his goal. Um, and, and, yeah, we, we just didn't want to take possession for granted. We wanted to make sure once we get inside, inside the uh, final third and close to the box, we get something. And I thought the guys were really good at, um, you know, creating something when we got into those areas of the field. And and just to update you guys, Lucas Rosa did win uh, goal of the week with hey. uh, that shot. Love and that. The, the second out of the four goals. Um, will you tell us a little bit about him as a player? What, what uh, for Sporting Kansas City fans that might not know much about him, what can you tell us? Yeah, Lucas is our right back. He you know, grew up playing higher up as a 10, um, he, and you can, you can see that in his in his game that he's got the mindset to advance. He gets into advanced positions very, very often. Provides really good service, um, good balls out of the back as well. Um, he's a guy that runs all day, um, you know, goes up and down. Uh, he's got the right mentality in terms of defensively as well, as well providing cover when he needs to. Um, just a all-around very good professional, and we're just we're lucky to have him. Another player that you mentioned, Pa Vidal, goals now in, in the last three games. Uh, you know, came up through Villarreal, a, a Spanish-born player. Just you know, what have what's his contribution been to the team, and, and just another player you know to help fans get to know a little bit better as uh, SKC too. If you haven't been out to a game at Rock Chalk Park, highly recommend. It's a it's a great atmosphere and uh, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, go see these guys in person. Right. Yeah, it's been, I mean, look, Powell's, again, been improving each and every game. And uh, he, he didn't start the first game, but he showed enough to, to get some minutes. And then, obviously, like you said, scored a goal in the last three games. He's been uh, very good, not only in scoring the goals, but in, in being able to hold up the play for us, using his big body to settle the ball, complete the pass, let the, the rest of the team catch up on the attack. And then, like I said, one of his biggest assets, in, in the last few games has been his, his runs inside the box and committing to that inside the six run where, again, it puts the defense in a, in a lot of difficult situations. And so um, whichever one they choose, we'll, we'll take. If they don't want to you know, cover Powell, then I'm sure he'll tap some goals in from the six. If they want to cover him, then our, then our eights are joining in, our, our uh, opposite wingers are joining in for any cutback ball. So, um, Powell's been really, really good, and, and uh, I'm sure he's going to continue to to do well with with you know what we what we've been giving him. Benny, I'm, I'm not sure it, how much this is the case, but you know, with the first team kind of off to a, a slow start this season, what challenges are just kind of what kind of environment does that create um, for for the second team? And just from your perspective, I guess how have uh, how have things been in your role? Um. That doesn't, you know, affect too much of what we do on the second team. Obviously, we train in, in different locations, um, and the the movement of players is still very similar, uh, regardless of, of the results. But obviously, look, we're we're an organization; we're very tight knit. Um, it's it's frustrating, you know. We 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 feel like we have a very good roster on the first team. The the, the goals aren't coming right now. The results aren't coming. Um, I think we all feel very good about the ability that this team has to turn it around like, like they did last year. Um, but, yeah, it's obviously it's, it's frustrating, and, and we're all just sticking together and, and, and trying to do everything that we can to, to help uh, 
you know, not only our own jobs here on the second team, but hopefully help in whichever way we can to, to get the first team back on track. Well said. You know, to, to wrap it up on that point, Benny, you you referenced it earlier, you were always such an attack-minded player. And one of the things that I remember Peter telling me back when he brought you into the fold as a player in Kansas City was, you know, Benny can see things and, and unlock things that most players in the league can't do. We don't have somebody else on the roster that can create things in the attack the way that Benny can, and that's why he's so important to us. And I'm curious, like, as you said, the thing I think that's so stunning for all of us is you look around at this roster and you see all these great uh, uh, proven attacking players in MLS. It doesn't really make sense that that group of guys is struggling to score. Did you ever go through a personal rut in, in, a, in a season or during a stretch where it just wasn't clicking for whatever reason? I'm curious if you have any specific memories like that and because I'm guessing maybe it, it just happens sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I remember my second season in MLS. I was with New England, um, and I, I, you know, the team didn't have a great season. Uh, but the year before, the team had a worse season, and I had a pretty good season in terms of uh, the offensive production. But my second year there, I just I wasn't getting on the end of things. Things weren't coming um, coming off, and passes and shots they just they weren't going in. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that every single player can come up with. Uh, moments in their careers that, that haven't gone the right way. And unfortunately right now, it feels like there's a lot of guys that are, are going through that at the same time. But again, it's one of those that also confidence is crazy, right? And so it, it really does change the player. So I guess the one hope that we can, you know, keep is if, if the confidence does switch for one, two, three of those players, hopefully it kind of is contagious and, and comes through the entire uh, organization and then, we can kind of start seeing some of those, you know, good moments that this team has already shown that they can provide, even if you go back just to the end of last season. And so the talent is there. It's, it's just about putting it all together. And again, that confidence is a big part. Yeah, hundred percent. Well said, Benny. And, uh, for everyone listening, looking to catch some MLS Next Pro and SKC2 action, they are back in action this Sunday, 6 p.m. on the road against FC Cincinnati 2, and then back home on April 30th, which is a, uh, a Sunday as well. Both games on Sunday, and that game at home is at 7 p.m. Rock Chalk Park against Houston Dynamo 2. So you can go to sportingkc.com backslash SKC2 uh, for more details, schedule, tickets, all that fun stuff. And uh, Benny, thanks for taking the time to join us uh, congrats on the big win and good luck this upcoming weekend all right thank you so much Allie. thanks nate for having me all right there is benny fellhaber head coach of skc2 we'll take a quick break when we come back to wrap things up we will look ahead to this weekend's match for sporting kc in new england against the revolution and we're back to wrap things up on this week's edition of the sporting kansas city show getting all set for match day number nine nate where are you going to be I will be on Fox calling the uh, Chicago Fire at Atlanta United. Ooh. No, in soccer we say Atlanta United versus Chicago Fire. Home side first. So. Any Diego uh, Almada action? Will he give you a nice goal call? I mean, hopefully we'll get something from him. Maybe Kai Kamara scores yeah. another historic goal. You know, he's he's flying up in Chicago right now, scoring goals as well. So, And then uh, I'll get to practicing Yakamakis. Uh, over and over again, the uh, the Greek designated player for Atlanta, who scored a goal last weekend. So, 
those are two teams that are above the playoff line in the East right now, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't really – I got to do an Atlanta United game last year for Fox, so I've seen them once relatively recently up close. Chicago, it's been a minute. Yeah. Um, so I've watched the last – like I spent some time this week watching their last couple of games. They've uh, – they you talk about scoring goals as a problem. They had 12 clean sheets last year. Yet uh, they could only score. They scored the second fewest goals in all the major league yeah. soccer, which is what, what their problem was. Now they got Kai Kamara, so they might be a playoff team this year because they can put the ball in the back of the net a little bit. So uh, that'll but you'll be, be a on fun the call one. with Tony, right? I'll be on so the call with Tony Miola. You got the Chicago plug a little he bit. He knows, yeah, he knows that <laughs> Chicago team really well. So it should be fun. Um, and that game is on Sunday, so uh, I'll be flying down on Saturday. I think I'll be in the air during the Sporting Kansas City game, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch it live or not, but I'll be watching it on tape if I don't, which I've been stuck doing a lot lately, and honestly, it's weird, Allie. It's weird because yeah. like, it's like almost every time I know what the results of the sporting game is before I can sit down and watch the whole mm-hmm. thing. Typically, so far this year, it hasn't been a result that I want to to see. So you kind of got to force yourself to sit down and watch the game, which is not not the best. So if I had to sit ba- sit down and watch this Revolution game, in hindsight, I'm hoping it's going to be like a happy one. Like, oh, I can't wait to see all these goals that Sporting scored this weekend. Well, I, I think we're all in the same boat. Uh, players, us, uh, Jacob and I, you know, fans, everyone hoping for a, a big win or just a big result this weekend, something to – to kind of, you know, similar to the Philadelphia Union game, even though that was a 0-0 draw, just something that you feel like you can really build some positive momentum off of. But one thing that's creating some positive momentum within the group is is the return of some of these players from injury. Logan Ndenbe is one of those guys who, uh, name maybe that's gotten lost in the shuffle at times with Alan Polito and Gadi Kinda, you know, really dominating those headlines as the designated players. But he's slowly but surely been making his way back, been a full participant in training now uh, for the last couple of weeks, made the match day roster last weekend for the trip to San Jose for the first time this season. He's feeling good and told me he's feeling even better uh, than he felt last year. So he's getting stronger, and I had a chance to sit down with him this week. After training, here's our conversation. All right, Logan, last weekend you make the match day roster for the first time this season, battling back from that hamstring injury. How good did it feel to get back on the road with the team? It was very good for me. I was very happy to be to be back because it's been a long time since last year because, yeah, it was the off-season between. So I'm very happy to, to be there, to be back, and I hope I can help the team also. How has it been feeling in training? You've been a full participant in training, getting closer and closer to making your return to the field. How's the the injury progressing, and just how are you feeling physically, mentally? I feel very good. I feel even better bef- than before my injury because I work hard to be back and to be ready to to play. So I feel very good about my injury. I don't feel anything now, so it's a good thing. It's been a tough start to the season for the team. From your perspective, what have you noticed and, and what does the team need to do to get back to the winning ways? I think we just need to keep our focus because if we if we start to think too much, it's going to be difficult for us to, to get back. So I think we have to stay focused of what we have to do on the field and what we can do better on the field. And I think it's going to be okay when we're going to have our first win. I think it's going to just fly and we're going to win all the game, I hope. What's going to be the key for the team to find success on the road in a difficult place to play at New England this weekend? Like I say, I hope we have to be. We have to forget what happened all the last week. Just be focused about this game. Go there and take the three points and show how we can play, how we can score a lot of goals also, and try to be uh, strong defensively also to 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 not take some some goal. Awesome, Logan. Thank you so much for the time. You're Glad to see you getting back into uh, the swing of things. And thanks yeah. for joining us this week. Thank you. All right, so there is left back Logan in Denbe, and and look, Robbie Volitor has been a a solution there, but since. 
Ben Sweat was waived and, and Tim Leibold, you know, we haven't seen him out on the field training. You'd imagine that Logan Ndembe, once he's ready to go, starts. He, it, it's kind of a, his job to lose. I mean, this is an important year for him. Yeah. You know, I think he came over as a U-22 initiative as a young guy. This whole concept of U-22s is to try to build on, we just mentioned Atlanta earlier. Now, Atlanta spent big on designated players in this regard, but the idea that this is a good league for a young player to come, grow, develop their game, and then prove to people in the leagues over in Europe that they're worth the money on, uh, you know, on coming back over. This has been a good, I don't know what you want, a development ground, you know, yeah. for, for players like that. So when you're, when you're Logan and Dembe, you're coming over here, you're looking to establish yourself, you're looking to grow your value. And so far, he hasn't really been able to do that yet. We've seen flashes from him. He's got the speed. He's got the intensity. He's got some of the things that you want. But he hasn't been able to put it together consistently. And then he starts this season with an injury. So, to me, I think that both he and Marinos, Johnny's, both feel a sense of, look, you're only, you know, (laughs) potential means you haven't done it yet. You're only young for so long. After a while, if you're young and you're not producing, getting on the field on a consistent basis, people just say, well, you just weren't cut out for it. So, I'm not saying he's to that point yet at all. Don't, yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong, but I'm just saying I think those guys feel a sense of urgency, um, and they should, you know, yeah. because they want to keep progressing in their career. This is a team that desperately needs some guys to step up, mm-hmm. and and they ought to be looking at it right now as going, I've got an opportunity to help this team right now and help myself and my value. Yeah, I got I got that sense. Just even you can kind of tell someone's level of focus and intensity, mm-hmm. and, and he seemed incredibly locked in. I, I'd also add too that for these guys, you know, they're coming to a new country. Uh, you know, Marinos, especially coming from Cyprus to, to the United States. So, you know, you kind of have that first year to, to get settled in just to all of the beyond the, the field things. And now having, you know, all of that maybe figured out, you, you feel a little bit more settled now. You know, what can you make of this opportunity? So I think going to be a big year for both of those players uh, and Logan and Denbe with a chance to, to make his return this weekend, but but likely this week as he, uh, you know, gets closer and closer to uh, full game fitness. But now looking ahead to this weekend's match in the New England Revolution, they have been off to a great start this season. First place in the Eastern Conference. They are undefeated at home and uh, have really – it's been a team effort, Nate. They've got eight goals on the season. Let me make sure I get Allie. this right. Twelve different goal scorers. This is the stat I didn't, uh, you know, that is not fun. Oh, no, eight different goal scorers. They have four guys who have as many goals as Sporting Kansas City. I know, I saw that. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. That, No. But that's where we're at. Yes, they've spread it around pretty well. Yeah, eight different goal scorers uh, on the season and uh, have also been really solid defensively, too. Mm -hmm. They have uh, not really given up much, especially at home. And outside of that 4-0 loss to LAFC on the road, have not given up more than one goal in a game so far in 2023. So this is a team that's, you know, kind of found that balance offensively and defensively. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one. There's no other way around it. But again, anything can happen. Uh, I think sporting's just got to go in with that confidence. It doesn't matter who you're playing anymore. And, and I don't know if they've really tapped into that kind of like, I don't know if it's an underdog mentality, like, hey, no one, no one thinks that we're going to come out and win this game, so let's just go do it. Um, I, I think s- still some some of that focus is on, hey, we just we really need to get results. Yeah, the, uh, the the New England Revolution side will be without Dylan Barrero, who got a red card in the game against uh, the Columbus Crew. He got his first one for dissent, and you know that's one of those ones to me where it's like, man, you don't put your, you know, if you don't take that silly yellow card, then you can make the foul that he makes later in the game. And you don't get sent off. They they tried to hold on. They give up a 96th minute 
stoppage time goal to Columbus for a draw. And then Bruce Arena was classic Bruce Arena afterwards. Phony baloney. Yeah, this phony baloney, uh, clear and obvious threshold. He didn't like that with the VAR. He didn't like the stoppage time. By the way, they they said they were going to be more... um, more serious about the stoppage time this year. They were going to do it the way they did it in the World Cup, where you remember the World Cup, it was oh like gosh. 96 minutes minimum every time, um, or six minutes of stoppage time every time. That's what's happening in Major League Soccer. I'm here for it, by the way. The game gets better in stoppage time. There's an intensity level there, more stoppage time for me, because teams, if it's a close game, yeah. teams are tired, but they're feeling the intensity to go for a goal, all that stuff. And to me, the the studies had always shown that uh, – the refs never put as much stoppage time in a game as was actually happening for stoppage, which is part of the reason you saw so much time wasting. Mm-hmm. Because, well, he's not going to take if I if I lay it down on the ground and roll around for a minute and a half, he's only going to add a minute. Yeah, you know, and so it actually benefited you to time waste. Well, now that time's getting added on at the end of the game. Right. So you either play that right now in real yeah. time, or you're yeah making up for it when you're tired yeah. and with heavy legs, or you're walking off the field, you know, after you get subbed off to try to you know kill as much time as possible. I don't know if that's doing anything to get rid of that stoppage time but or, or that uh, that downtime during the games, but I'm here for extra uh, time at the end of the game, more stoppage time at the end of the game. Bruce was not. Uh, when you're Bruce the team that gives up the goal. Coaches the usually end. are. Yeah. And, and Peter actually, when you know, I, I think when we were talking about the revolution and just his early assessment of that team, you know, even mentioned uh, their frustration. But, you know, also noted that every team kind of finds himself in that position where you're just like, well, you blow the bleeping whistle. Like we have, we are <laughs> yeah. winning and we need this game to end. But it is a it's a good test of of mental fortitude and concentration to stay locked in and, and not give anything up because and I feel like this season, we see it every year, but but this season in particular, I feel like I can I can think of a few instances where we've had some exciting stoppage time uh, finales in, in, in 2023. So. Oh, a lot. I think there were seven goals past the 88th minute yeah. this past weekend. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. been, I mean, I'm with you. I, I think it's fun. I think it's good for the game. And in a year where scoring's down, which I didn't even realize because it, it does feel like with so many teams that there are a lot of goals, but I guess if you're looking at it in the, in the grand scheme and comparing it to past seasons, um, it is fun when, when you keep things interesting uh, so long as, I guess, your team's not on the uh, on the losing end of that. Yeah, and I know that those statistics you mentioned about goal scoring being down at this point in the season, that's relative to this point in the season last year yes. and all that. But um, I felt like we're starting to see better soccer around the league over the past couple of weeks as teams start to kind of gel and get things together. I don't know why that would be different from one year to the next. Uh, maybe the diff- you know, the difference in time off in terms of the offseason or maybe the changes in rosters. But I do think this is about the time of year where teams start to figure out who they are. Peter Vermees always said it was 10 games. That's when you really have a good handle on who you are and what your team's all about and how you want to play and how you're going to get your goals. Obviously, I... I <laughs> I would like to say sporting are closer to getting there. It doesn't feel like it right now. Like it feels mm-hmm. like they're still searching for it. But at some point, I do think they're going to put some things together and figure some things out. And a lot of teams around the league are. So I'm guessing the goal scoring is going to go up a little bit here now as we get into the maybe the second portion of the season. Yeah. Well, and if you're sporting Kansas City, you're, you're hoping that's yeah, the case. And right? uh, I know Alan Polito, Gotti Kinda, once he makes his return, I, I think that's really the sense that I get is is that's when they're really going to start evaluating and from a personnel standpoint as well. I think, you know, Peter was even asked today um, just about, you know, the roster itself. And he's got a lot of belief in this group, but he also, of course, you know, mentioned the fact that until we see 
those guys fully fit and back into the mix, it, it's hard to know because right now they do have a lot of depth within each position group. You've got a, like two guys uh, in in each spot, and so what what can they start putting together once everyone is is the the players that they want on the field contributing for a full 90 minutes once they're doing that okay what does this team look like and I think mm-hmm. uh, it can be hard to to wait and see for that because it's every every player's different everybody's different and and getting back to that game rhythm building that confidence it it takes a different amount of time for for each player so I think that's just going to be one of those things where it can be hard to be patient and, and hopefully other players are able to start stepping up and, and this team's able to start finding the back of the net and and getting those results as well so one other bit of news, New England Revolution announcing this week that they have signed uh, defender Ben Sweat. So uh, Sporting Kansas City fans will, I don't know, you know, how that works in terms of, uh, can we see him this weekend? Like, could New England, apparently, according to some reports that I saw on Twitter, he was already getting into training this week. So I, I don't know if there are any rules um, when you play your Boy, former team, I don't, in, I don't know any reason why he wouldn't. I don't be able to. think so, but yeah. it's not a cup competition in terms of yeah. like you know he's not cup tied to one team, right. in the U.S. Open Cup or something like that. So I would sure think he'd be available for selection if they want him. Yeah. So uh, don't know if that would be uh, likely or not. Just a Sporting Kansas City former know player all the alert. Secrets. Yeah, he's, he's got to tell Bruce Arena all the sporting secrets now. That's you know? why they brought him in because yeah. Bruce Arena's <laughs> looking for everything that he. Uh, Finally, get some information on Peter. Um, yeah, that's that's my bad Bruce Arena impression. I, I think he feels I like, like he, he probably knows Peter Vermees pretty well. I yeah. don't think he needs Ben Sweat to tell him to tell him uh, anything. You know, Just uh, yeah, yeah, that was the news. That was the news team, ahead so. of this game. So, um, Sporting Kansas City on the road for this uh, conclusion of a of a tough two uh, two back to back road game. Uh, stand and they uh, will take on the New England Revolution Saturday night, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. You can, of course, watch that game on the MLS Season Pass on Apple TV app, or you can listen to uh, our local radio call right here on Sports Radio 810. Myself and Jacob Peterson will have that for you, as well as some pregame coverage and, of course, postgame on the Final Whistle post-match show. And then, Nate, best of luck, safe travels on your game this week. I'm glad that we have – I was going to say that earlier. I'm glad uh, we've got some more uh, Sunday games. I missed the Sunday MLS games. Yeah, we'll, I'll be doing a lot of Sunday games on Fox this year, so uh, it, it's uh, it's it's fun to have some like an extra game there on yeah. a Sunday. Sure, let's uh, let's get after it, and I, and I hope you get a chance to call a goal, Allie, this weekend, you know, and, and maybe a couple of them. That would be great, and let's see if uh, – Sporty can go to New England and get a result. Yeah, love it. That's the uh, that's the kind of energy I'm bringing into this weekend. Um, but for Nate Bucati, for Benny Failhopper joining us on the show today, and uh, for me, Allie Trust Martin, your host, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Sporting Kansas City show this week. We'll see you right back here next week on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Tune in this weekend, Sporting KC against the New England Revolution. Let's go get a win.